It doesn't matter where you are in the country, the common hardship home buyers and even renters are facing right now is there's just nothing to buy or rent. And with mortgage rates as high as they are, along with the price tags on homes, it's hard to justify a compromise. Several sources have analyzed that the US housing market is short 6.5 million homes as new household formations increased dramatically since the height of the pandemic. The questions are, how is this affecting home buyers? What will the future hold for Michigan real estate? And is buying a home in the next year or so worth it? Stick around because all those questions are going to be answered right now. Welcome to the Real Estate in Michigan Audio Experience podcast with your host and local real estate professional, Andrew McManaman. Why is the housing market like this? Why is the competition so high? Why is everything so unaffordable? What is going on with the inventory? All these questions come back to housing supply or the amount of homes that are for sale on the market. To fully understand this situation, we need to rewind 15 or so years and see where we went wrong. Before we go further, if you're new here, my name is Andrew McManaman, a Michigan realtor helping people like you buy, sell, and invest in the wonderful state of Michigan. So if there's ever anything you need, my contact information is in the description. Do you remember 2007, 2008, 2009 when the market crashed, millions of people got laid off, huge companies that we thought would be around forever went bankrupt, there were government bailouts, sketchy loan practices, and the list goes on and on and on. And I'm sure you know the gist of it. Anyway, since that time, we've been moderately conservative when it came to the construction of new homes. Then COVID came around and threw gas in a fire that was already burning just fine. This is a global pandemic. Causing material and labor shortages, which fueled yet another slowdown in new construction. The other aspect of this unbalanced housing market people are pointing their fingers at are these institutional investors that have been out competing home buyers and have been blamed for the drastically increased rents and home prices over these last couple of years. Several articles have come out saying corporate investors or Wall Street purchased a quarter or so of homes in 2021, but what most people don't understand is this includes iBuyers, first-time investors, and your everyday people establishing LLCs for a new real estate portfolio. In most markets, these investors account for only 2-3% to of homes sold in 2021, so it's hard to blame this group of people solely for causing the housing market to be this way, but I won't say they haven't affected or distorted local real estate markets. There are markets out there where builders are handing off their new communities to these investors so they can turn around and rent them out, which just hurts the old American dream mentality that has been branded in our minds for generations pertaining to homeownership. This argument could be made about the rise of those everyday people partaking in Airbnb and Verbo to build additional streams of income too, but this whole heavy blame concept was said to be the use of fear-mongering as Zillow and several larger companies bought up a bunch of real estate and had to offload that portfolio at a loss. There's just so many misleading statistics out there. And the other deceptive part of this situation is all these home buyers being beat out by all cash offers from these large investors. But the reality is, yes, these offers are on the rise, but they are from smaller landlords, wealthy people, and your typical house flippers. A survey was actually conducted by the National Association of Realtors stating that 0% difference in offer price of institutional buyers compared to other buyers and the median purchase price of institutional buyers was typically 
26% lower than the state's median purchase prices. So they aren't competing with home buyers in these bidding war situations anyway, but more so specializing in going after these distressed homes that most people don't even want. All that backstory just to say that the unaffordability is due to persistent undersupply, which can be tied to the rules and regulations developers and builders have to go through just to get a new community on the market. There's several legal hurdles that need to be faced, so the blame can't be pushed onto builders and developers too much as they are told there are environmental concerns with their new communities, which some economists believe is just a way for larger employment hubs to capitalize. For several decades, there's been a shortage of building, especially in these large metro areas and hubs like New York, Boston, San Francisco, which would then push prices up drastically. The thought process and argument here, of course, is to eliminate these constraints, keeping the developers from doing what they do, develop. There's bans on duplexes, triplexes, and multifamily buildings all over the country, which would create a ton of housing for people. Yes, I understand it may not be pretty, but it's a roof over somebody's head, and at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. And of course, this concept has already been thought of, and the response from a report for the outcome of transferring single-family rental homes to owner-occupants showed that 85% of renters wouldn't even be able to qualify for a mortgage anyway. The idea is to push landlords to sell off their inventory, with the theory it would make affordable housing since they wouldn't be banking on inflated rent prices then down payment assistant would be implied to help these renters transition into buyers. But no matter the assistance, it was found that most renters don't have the credit score to obtain a mortgage. There was actually a similar policy enabled in Hong Kong that didn't effectively decrease home prices at all. I'm in no way defending these investors, but they have been the center of the spotlight for quite a long time, and the reality is we just need to build and keep building. With this backstory about what's going on with housing supply at a large scale, there's of course still consumer behavior that's oftentimes blamed in this situation. How many realtors or people have you talked to over the last couple years who have said when asked, why is housing supply so low? And then they respond, sellers just aren't selling. And why would they? They see articles saying the world's ending, there's no supply, and these sellers who may have profited substantially are now in your shoes as a buyer, in the trenches, trying to find a house to live in, which could take months and months unless they already have a second home or a family member or friend to fall back on. It makes this circumstance quite a tough one. Sellers sell when their life changes, new job, for family, to downsize, to upsize, etc. The uncertainty in this market isn't their fault, we just need more homes, period. So with all this in mind, circling back to the questions, how is this affecting home buyers? What would the future hold for Michigan real estate? And is buying a home in the next year or so worth it? Home buyers are needing to have a little more patience. Compromises might be essential to getting yourself into a home. For second and third time home buyers, I know that's the time to be a little pickier after gaining experience in your first home and understanding what your lifestyle is like, but it's crucial to truly define what a need and a want actually is. An entry level primary bedroom is one thing, but a must have for a gas stove or electric one, this could be a $1,000 conversion that shouldn't have you crossing this home off your list, especially if it checks all the other boxes. In Michigan, seasonality affects our housing market quite a bit. We have four distinct seasons, whereas other areas of the country drop 20 to 30 degrees and call it a day, and that's about it. But during the holidays and winter season, there's a significant halt in transactions. Unless you actually have to buy or actually have to sell, people sit on the sidelines and wait for the spring. More homes pour into the market, more buyers pour into the market, and the supply and demand goes off the charts. 
I know of some agents in Michigan who plan their vacations over December and January because it scales back that much. So as a buyer in Michigan, what are you supposed to do? You hear about home prices holding the ground, interest rates have doubled over the last couple of years, and your Uncle Dave is telling you to go for it, champ, while your Aunt Edna is calling you crazy for considering it. It comes down to two things. Where are you at in life, and can you afford it? Are you settling down in life and can commit to a home for the next seven to 10 years or so, so you can actually have the potential to have your home appreciate in value? Great, then check that box. Can you actually afford a home right now? It's one thing to purchase a home below your means, which is a good idea anyway, but are you going to be stuck living paycheck to paycheck for the next seven to 10 years and hardly be getting by? Let's leave that box unchecked for a second. But if you can make it happen with current rates and home prices, there's no point in sitting on the sidelines. Be proactive with your search. I had a buyer recently say, screw it, I hate this, this search has been going on long enough, I haven't found anything I like, I'm done. It's frustrating and I'm not going to talk anyone down from feeling the reality of this housing market, but I do mention to continue to keep your eye out for anything that pops up on the market through my home search platform because when you least expect it, the one pops up. If that person that said those words to me actually stopped like they intended, they would have never come across their dream home for their family that includes lake privileges that were a huge plus. And now I see their family posting lake pictures on Instagram. It's a patience game. I know how annoying it is. I talk to buyers and sellers every day and the mentality is often more negative than it is positive. So what does the future hold for Michigan real estate? Well, as several articles have stated in the past couple weeks, Michigan's housing market is cleaning up its wildest party in decades with prices seeing double digit increases and the days on market were actually hours. Sources call this transitional period in the housing market a housing hangover full of headaches and Advil. Nationally, home sales fell 35.1% year over year in November, according to Redfin data. In Michigan, however, closed home sales in present time were lower than 2021 and even lower than 2018 prior to the pandemic. Prices have increased over the last five years as they have across the nation. The Mitten saw an increase of less than 2% year over year with the median home price coming in at around $230,000 as of November, 2022. Housing supply is still an issue in Michigan, but there was some light at the end of the tunnel hearing there was an 11.6% increase in homes on the market. That may not seem like a lot, but in terms of month supply, a healthy housing market would have four to six months or so, which is the amount of time it would take to sell off all the inventory if no more was added. In Michigan, we're in the 1.5 to two month supply range. After talking to several agents and doing some additional research, the anticipation for the upcoming spring market is a positive one, or maybe we're just telling ourselves that so we can sleep at night. Nonetheless, historically speaking, in terms of seasonality, there will be improvements to this unbalanced housing market. The question is, is how drastically better will it be? But I've chatted with enough buyers in the market to know they have high hopes for the market as well. As it has been known, a lot of people, not just buyers, but sellers, are on the sidelines right now itching to make the move and start their life in a new home. If you're someone looking to buy a home in Michigan and are wondering if this year or next year is a good one to pull the trigger, just revisit the two questions I mentioned earlier to ask yourself about life and affordability. At the end of the day, time flies and life goes on whether you're on the roller coaster or not, so if you can make it happen, it never hurts to start the process. But if it's something out of your capabilities at this moment in time, break down a budget and figure out what you need to do to achieve your dreams of homeownership. Maybe it's improving your credit score, paying off debt, saving money, 
Whatever your barrier is to home ownership, you just need to get in touch with the right people to help you get there. Because I see so many times that people just sit there thinking it won't ever happen because they have never had a conversation or get any sort of advice from a trusted and reliable professional. Believe me when I say it's possible for you in this day and age because I help people do it. Just don't let anybody tell you otherwise because they bought a 2,000 square foot home with a 40k salary in 1950 for $10,000 in a paperclip. If you were looking to buy or sell anytime in the future, don't hesitate to reach out and I would be happy to help you. I Thank you as always for listening to my podcast. If you would follow, subscribe, and leave a five-star review on the platform you listen to this on, I would greatly appreciate it. Stay tuned for the next episode.